excited to be kicking off summer. We got so much fun stuff going on. I can't wait to enjoy this summer with all of you guys today. But today I've got a question. We're going to talk about something a little bit wild today. Does anybody, can anybody tell me the first sin recorded in the Bible? Uh, I'm, I'm a warning, it's a trick, so don't feel bad. But what do you think? The person yeah. recorded in the Bible yep. was when Satan rebelled against heaven. Ooh. You tried to sprinkle! You are the man, Simeon! You are the man! I was thought everybody was going to fall for that one. I thought everybody was going to but no, it was it was the original law, and it was recorded in the book of Isaiah. That is where we hear about the first time anybody it does something contrary to the word of God. And that is what sin is. Sin is not a list of things that we can put our finger on, but sin is going against the word of God. Now, there are some things written in there, like love, love God, love your neighbor. There's some things that we can't rebel against, but Ultimately, sin is not obeying the word of God. So let's let's take a look at this. If you want to kick off the first slide, we're going to take a look at this first fall in Isaiah 14. How you have fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning, or Lucifer in the King James Version. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. That's verse 12. Let's look at verse 13. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to the heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will proceed on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. Let's go to verse 14. I will climb to the highest heavens and I will be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead. Down to the lowest depths. Leave it right there for one second. So that is the recording of the first sin in the Bible, right? What would you call that sin? What is it? What did he actually do? You want to? You want to try? Jealousy? Not jealousy. I mean, you you, you could probably do it that way, but I wouldn't necessarily call it that. What would you? What would you say? Rebellion. Rebellion. Yes. Rebellion fits into it. It's what it really is. But what was that core sin that started all of this? That he said, I will be like the most high. Pride. Pride. We're going to talk about that tonight. Next slide. Pride versus humility. Pride versus humility. I don't know about you guys, but I've been hearing this word pride a lot lately. <laughs> I'm not going to get on controversial subjects. It shouldn't be. You're right. You're right. Because when did this word become a good thing? Yeah. When did pride become a good thing? Right. Like as far back as the entire creation of the world, it was what started off all of the downfall. It was all because of pride. All because Lucifer said, "I'm going to be like God. Right. I'm going to put my throne above His." I'm going to decide what's right and wrong. I'm going to be the new supreme being. And all that began with this pride. Mm -hmm. and, and I know we're like, 
Don't get me wrong. I'm very big on making sure you guys understand who you are in Christ. I'm very big on that. Like, you guys are filled with the Holy Spirit. God speaks to you. Like, I told people that if what I tell you contradicts with what the Bible and the Word of God says, don't listen to me. And I believe that in my life. Right. We, we should all have the Word of God. we got the Holy Spirit talking to us. And it should align with the man of God that God's placed over our life. Amen. But we hear a lot in society and today, like, pride is a good thing. Know your worth. Know your pride. I know when we say that saying. Candy, I think, has a shirt. Okay, that yeah, That's okay. I'm not, I want us to have a healthy self-image of who we are. God says we are. But there comes a point where it crosses that line, and it's no longer humility, but it's all of a sudden it's become pride mm -hmm. in our life. Mm -hmm. Where I start thinking that I know better than the Word of God. And I start thinking that what my friends tell me and what we think is more important than what the man of God and the word of God declares. Mm -hmm. And I, it got me thinking this week, and I'm like, this is this is something we need to go over. This is something we need to talk about. Where do we draw that line? Where should we stop and stop being prideful and start acting with humility? So let's look at some scriptures and what the Bible has to say about pride versus humility. Proverbs, the book of wisdom. It's got the wisdom in it. It tells us, that pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before the fall. Anybody ever heard of that scripture quoted? Yeah. Right? What's the King James Version? Pride comes before the fall. Pride comes before the fall. Yes. We've heard that scripture a lot. Pride comes before the fall. When I start getting to the point in my life where I think I know more than God, I've got to get knocked down a few steps yeah. and remember who God really is. Right. Yeah. And that's what happens to everybody. And we all, I think it was, was it Dan and I was talking, we were talking about, uh, it might not have been you, but we were talking about King Nebuchadnezzar. I think it was Travis. We were talking about King Nebuchadnezzar and how he looked down over his nation and he was like, I've done all this. And then it says in the Bible that God made him like a wild beast. He ran and lived in the woods, grew out his fingernails and lived like a beast for like seven years. And it was all because he was filled with pride. He got to a moment where he looked out at his achievements and he was like, I'm good. I've done great. My life's good. And it's all because of what I've done, not with God's help. Right. And then God had to humble him. Mm -hmm. And that's, the, his pride came right before his destruction. But Proverbs 11 and 2 says, I'm sorry, I, I was reading slow. <laughs> pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Now, my last job, there was, there was an opportunity to work as a robot tech. And they, I watched them hire like three people who came in to fill that position, and they fired them like within a couple of weeks. Because all of them came in with all these qualifications and were saying, we know how to do all of this, and I, I'm good, I got it. But then when they messed up on the job, they ended up getting fired. So after I watched a few of them, I went to the boss, and I didn't go to the boss and tell them, hey, I'm the best. I'm the brown guy you want, I can do everything better. But I simply went to him and said, hey, if you need help in that, I can, I'll help you. I, I don't know a lot, and I didn't go to school for it, but I can give you a hand, I can help you out a little bit. And I ended up running that position for like a year up until I left to go full-time ministry. <laughs> but, uh, but it really, God showed me in that moment that it was because of the humility that God was able to help me. If I would have gone into that situation full of pride 
and full of arrogance. As soon as I messed up, the boss would have been waiting to rub my face. But I did mess up, trust me. <laughs> I messed up. Like, I'm not perfect at all. But every time I did mess up, I could go to my boss and say, hey, I, I, don't, I didn't know how to do that. I'm trying to help you. I was on midnight, so I was there alone. I'm like, you know, I got going to lean on. But, you know, this is the best I did. And every time, because it was through humility, my boss was like, hey, that's good enough. Thank you for what you did. We're going to work on it now. I got my top guys here now, and we're going to take care of it. But God really showed me to work in humility and not pride. And trust me, that was a big battle for me to learn. <laughs> I grew up to fight. I have three brothers. I would eat if I didn't fight. <laughs> Apparently, I won a lot. <laughs> but but we, uh, we grew up in that mentality. Like, stand up for what's yours. Don't let people take stuff from you. You hold on to this. Everything that you know, you work hard and you pay for your way. You prove that you can pay for your family. You can take care of everything yourself. And then it took me realizing, like, I can't. Like, I don't know how to do all that. I, 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 didn't, like, I remember holding my son for the first time and being like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm a dad now. Like, he's relying on me to live. My last three plants died. We've <laughs> got no chances here. But luckily, with humility, God comes and supports what he's called us to do. So let's look at the next slide real quick. James 4 and 6. And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's a deep scripture there. Because we're not just talking about God's love. Like, God's love is everlasting. I get all that. But grace? Like, grace is the one thing we need in our life. Amen. Like grace is very important. And it says here that he opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. That scripture really makes me feel like if we're not humble, we're not going to receive God's grace. Because if we're not humble, we're going to take it on our own shoulders to do what we think we need to do so that we can make our own way to heaven. And instead of getting in a position where your life, where you're humble, and you know there's no way you're making it to heaven without God. I need Him to fix all of the problems that I'm creating down here. And that's what keeps me humble. Next slide. 1 Peter 5 and 6 says, So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. That's the way we should be trying to achieve honor. Trying to achieve honor by working extra hard and proving myself or bragging about myself or talking about all the things that I've done isn't really getting honored. You know, it's like, have anybody ever told somebody, like, hey, it's my birthday? And then they go, oh, happy birthday? Right. Really, really mean to say. Yeah. Like, it's not really the same as we wake up at 9 o'clock in the morning and the person calls you out of the blue and they're like, hey, happy birthday. And you're like, you knew it was my birthday? But now it's because they were on Facebook. <laughs> That's the only way I don't even know it's birthday. This is on Facebook. I check it. I'm like, oh, it's their birthday. Happy birthday. I was thinking about you all day. <laughs> but it goes that way with God, too. If, if I say, look at the good job I've done, look at all the things I've done, look at me, look at me, and they go, okay, you did a great job. Well, I just fish for that comment. Like, I, I just made you give me that. Instead of the situation where I'm standing there thinking about all the mistakes I just made, and someone comes up and goes, hey, you did a good job on that. Mm -hmm. And then I take it like, wow, 
All right. I appreciate that because I know I didn't force you to say it. And that's exactly what God wants us to do in, in our lives. He doesn't want us to brag about what we've done and build ourselves up and try to make us look good. But instead, he wants us to be okay with not being the perfect person and be okay with having a little bit of brokenness in your life and be okay with the fact that you're not perfect. Yeah. Because in that shows humility mm-hmm. and in that is where God can lift us up in honor. It's Amen. through Amen. him that Amen. we receive that honor. Next slide. I know I keep I keep I keep I keep flipping it on you, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> but let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Because Romans really lays it out here. And he says, Because of the privilege and the authority God has given me. Now has anybody in here been given some power and authority from God? Mm-hmm. Do we realize how much of that we really hold in our hands? Right. Like, God's given you power and authority. Amen. Like, again, I'm talking about humility here, but this is a dangerous world. So where do we draw that line? Yeah. Because there are religions who can take advantage of you, and there are people who will take advantage of you if you don't realize who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying we're worthless and we're no good and you should walk around with your head down and feel like you're like, that's not what I'm saying here. But there, there comes a point where you have to realize it's through Christ that I'm empowered. Mm-hmm. It's through Christ. It's viewing myself the way he views me. It's not about me. Like Dan Tackett was broken, but I do have power and authority through Christ. Amen. Because Christ gives you that power and authority. And it's not about what you've done to earn it. But we all have this power. We all have authority given to us by Christ. But he says, I give you each this one. Don't think of yourself better than you really are. Be honest in the evaluation of yourself. Measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Don't think of yourself better. I can't think of myself as less. I gotta think of myself as an equal with the body of Christ. We're all in this together. And there are scriptures that tell you to prefer others over yourself. Mm -hmm. I had to say it, I think I took it out because I was trying to be clear. But uh, it tells you to prefer others over yourself. I should keep a healthy mindset that I'm the child of God. But at the same time, I want I want to make sure that I that I don't think of myself as something great, as something that I've done on my own, or how I look at me and my achievements. But I want to think of myself as a child of the King, right. a child of His life, part of His kingdom. And, and in that situation, everybody who's a part of that kingdom becomes an equal with mine. I remember as a kid, like, the evangelist would come to the church and I would be like, oh my God, <laughs> if he can touch me, then maybe I'll, I'll be better. And God tried to, had to teach me, like, damn, it's not about him. Like, he's, he's just as powerful as you are. He's a vessel. He, he's just as powerful as the person sitting next to you right now. Mm-hmm. We're all children of the king. It's through his name mm-hmm. that the power comes. Right. Amen. So we have to do ourselves. As equal, don't be puffed up, don't think we're better than one another. Next slide. And then later on, right after down in verse 16, he says, Live in harmony with each other and don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't 
think you know it all. I've read my Bible cover to cover over 40 times. I'm not bragging because I need to do it a lot more. <laughs> but I studied it. I, I, I can quote a lot of it. I know a lot of it. And I've been in situations where I'm talking with people and I tell them something that I know from the Bible and they're like, I don't think so. And I have to remind myself of this scripture. I don't have to know it all. I don't, I don't have to be prideful. I don't have to stand up and argue and fight. I don't have to be on the front line telling everybody what's right and what's wrong. What I have to do, I have to be, I have to be honest with my evaluation of myself and my head. I have to know what I'm standing on is the word of God. It's not about me knowing it all. It's about knowing where to go to find it. People always say, who's the smartest person in the whole world? The librarian. Because she knows where to go to find out about anything. Nowadays, it's Google. <laughs> That's the smartest thing, Google. But we, we have to understand that in our lives. I don't have to know all the answers right out front. I don't have to be the one to tell everybody what's where. I'm led by the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of things that I do that I don't understand. There's a lot of things that the Holy Spirit strikes and goes, hey, don't do that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, everybody else is doing it. It's not a big problem. Like, no one else is. But I'm led by the Spirit. It's not about what I think. And I have to be willing to do that. So when people come to me and they say, well, explain why you feel the way you feel about things. That's where my humility is beautiful. I don't know. I don't know. God told me to do it this way. I don't have all the answers. I'm being led by the Spirit right now. Read your Bible. Look and see for yourself. Find your own answers. But I know, as for me and my house, we're going to keep this relationship with God. I need to be able to sleep at night. I can't have you knocking on my door and you not caring. So through humility, I'm, I'm able to follow that. Because what I don't want to end up being is when the Holy Spirit comes knocking on my door, tell them I know what's right. Mm -hmm. I've already got it figured out. I think it's okay. Let me tell you, God, right here in your word. Hmm. Sarah, if you'll come. I'm going to close it down. This my, I'm going to be quick today, hopefully. But I just want to, I want to push that out there. Our, we got a world, we got a society that's trying to teach us that pride's not a big deal and that you're good just the way you are and you don't need God and you don't need help and you don't need his word and you don't need his promises and you don't need all of the good things that God says you need. You need it. He wants you to have a blessed life. He wants you to have children. He wants you to be able to see the goodness of his kingdom. He wants to bless your life. But sometimes he can't. If we're full of pride. No, we're not full of humility. So let's all stand up. I got one more scripture. And then we're going to pray. Because this scripture tells us. So next scripture, real quick. This is a famous one. We've read it a thousand times here. Second Chronicles 7, 14. That if my people who are called by my name, and that's us. That's every one of us in this room today. I didn't choose you. You didn't choose God. The Bible says he chose us. He called you by his name. And all he says is, 
if you will humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, I will hear you from heaven. I will forgive your sins and I will restore your land. Who wants to be heard from heaven? When you're looking at that, you that nice new car and you're like, ha please. I want them to hear me. When I'm looking at a job opportunity, I want, to, I want them to hear me. When I'm praying about my grades in school and I'm praying about how my life can be better, I want them to hear me. And all I have to do is humble myself, see his face, and turn away from the wicked ways. Not only do I want to hear from him, I want my sins forgiven. I want my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want to be able to walk into heaven one day and hear, come on in, my good and faithful servant. And I'm not going to gain that through pride. I'm not going to get that through pride. I've got to be willing to go to God and humble myself and say I sinned and nail my sins to His cross. More importantly, not more importantly, <laughs> it's not true. This is pretty important. But on top of all that, he will restore our land. I'm sick and tired of living in a country that, that, that isn't restored by God yet. I'm sick and tired of seeing the brokenness around us and our schools and our homes, some of our churches. We need that restored by God. And the only way that's going to happen is if we get out of this mentality of pride and we get back into this mentality of humility. Mm -hmm. God, I know I'm not great. I know I'm not perfect. You could probably call a hundred people who could lead this you group way better. But I'm willing, I'm humble, and after it's all said and done, I'm giving you all the glory for everything that's taking place under your name. God's going to bless us. God's going to restore our land. And He's going to forgive our sins and welcome us into this paradise. So let's take a couple minutes here. This is one thing you'll hear the word of God. It's another thing to obey the word of God. I'm pretty proud of myself. I did pretty good on the time. But we're going to take a couple minutes and we're going to obey the scripture. We're going to take a couple minutes to humble ourselves, to pray and to seek His face, to seek His will for our life. Because there might come a time where you don't know exactly which way to turn. And because of the time you spend in these rooms seeking His face, you'll have a relationship strong enough that you can hear His voice. And lead you on the right path. So let's just take a couple of minutes. Everybody raise your hands. Close your eyes. Bow your head. Spend some time with you and Jesus. Seek him and his will today.